PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. It's Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick and myself talking about the countdown to retirement, what to do on those days as we're getting closer, working our way towards it. We've assembled a list of priorities to keep in mind as you are counting down those days to retirement. And we were getting ready to get this podcast started. We were kind of laughing at some of the things that that we seem to run out of in this whole supply chain issue. Had ourselves a good giggle along the way. So hopefully we'll have a good podcast for you to tune into as we talk about these things because there's some good stuff on here. And guys, at the time we're dropping this, I think we're going to drop this right after Memorial Day, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, it's right around it. And Memorial Day is kind of the unofficial kickoff to summer. It's not technically summer yet, right? I think it's what, June 20th or something like that. But uh, when we get to 50, and a lot of times if you want to think about this countdown, 50 plus, uh, it's kind of the unofficial kickoff to retirement. We're not actually retired yet, but we start thinking about it, paying more attention to it, so on and so forth. So, you know, John, the first one on my list is getting healthy and staying healthy. Many of us develop chronic issues in our 50s. So it's a good time to put some thought onto this so that you can actually enjoy those golden years. Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I, I would even because uh, I'm sure I don't know if in the previous podcast I talked about my health issues, but um, I, I think it's important for everyone at any age, especially though I will say fifty. True. You know, focusing on health and uh, getting to the gym and just do whatever whatever makes you feel good. But um, when uh, when you have a health issue and you can't do the things you were doing, I'll tell you, it's quite a it's a challenge. It's quite upsetting. Um, and I'll say from the clients that we work with, we see a big difference in those that actively you know, in retirement are working out, maybe seeing a trainer a couple of days a week to those that are not. And, um, you know, as you age, I think it's more, it's very important just to stay active because, you know, you're not recovering like you were in your twenties. No, I think that's a great point. I like that too. Yeah. We should start sooner. Right. But if you're, if you kind of want to put a, some sort of a timetable or something to it when we get, and it kind of works with our conversation for retirement, just get there, start making some of these changes so you can really, you know, enjoy what they what we call the the go-go years, right? So when we first get to that early days of retirement. And then this is a really big one. We could kind of merge two and three together, but we'll we'll do them a little bit separately, but you know, two Nick is the free time. Now, there's a lot of it. And maybe silver lining in the pandemic has been the fact that many couples got to realize life together 24/7 working from home being at home because that's what retirement is that's that's a big shift that we don't often talk about we put a lot of focus on saying yeah we want a big travel we want to go out and play a ton of golf or whatever but like 
there's a lot of free time and you're spending it with that significant other that maybe you guys didn't see each other for 8, 10, 12 hours a day. Now you're together all the time. I don't know how many advisors I talk to where they're like, they have funny stories about one spouse or the other saying, get them out of my house. They're driving me nuts. Yeah. The, the time, you know, challenge can be significant. You know, I can tell you two things that I would recommend against, and those things would be watching a lot more news and (laughs) deciding that social media is going to be your new hobby. Um, your friend, right? You know, if anything, uh, there's a pretty good documentary on uh, Netflix. I forget what it's called, but it's about social media and and really kind of the big data side of things and how the algorithms work and, you know, really kind of feed into things. And, you know, in general, there's been a lot to handle for people over the last few years with the pandemic and, and everything else going on. So, cannot uh, underestimate the importance of having constructive hobbies, you know, doing things that kind of keep you sharp or um, engaged. And even from the standpoint of being social, you know, mm-hmm. things that you can do both alone and, and with others, you know, the relief that people get from a psychological standpoint of being engaged with others and, and doing different things kind of being out and about is really, really important. And it's going to help keep you fresh. It's going to help you be able to focus on the things that are important versus the things that aren't and that you don't have control over. And so, you know, making sure that you're, um, you know, developing hobbies, you know, and, and we would say that that's even separate from things like travel and, you know, that, that type of thing where right, right. being inquisitive, um, you know, doing things that, that have your brain still working are, are really important. That's a great point. And John, I mentioned blending two and three together. So two is determining what you want to do with your free time. Three, we put post-retirement career, maybe career is too heavy of a term, uh, but a post-retirement something, right? Retire away. Like if you hate your job, let's just say you despise it and you can't wait to retire and you're leaving with nothing else to go to. Like I get that frustration, but I think people tend to be happier if they're retiring to something. Uh, and maybe that's not necessarily another career, but something like even if you took a year off and literally did nothing, I'm sure you guys have story upon story of retirees who at first enjoy doing nothing. But as humans, I think we crave some sort of structure, something to help us kind of uh, fill the time and fill the days. That's 100%. Um, it's important to really start thinking about that. And it, I can't tell you how many times we've been in meetings and it's, you know, when do you want to retire? And, and the response is, well, I don't know if I'm ever going to retire, but I want to leave this job at this age. <laughs> right, so, right. You know, it turns into what am I going to do next? And, you know, I think um, kind of what you said there, there there's uh, if my mother watches my kids mm-hmm. and um, that's kind of a level of importance to her and she watches them two or three days a week. And there's actually, you know, a study where grandparents uh, that kind of are helping out their their children, watch the grandchildren actually live a little bit longer. And I think it's all about that level of, you know, feeling important. Yeah. So whether that's watching your grandkids, you know, starting bad clients that, you know, started to be a realtor and they actually end up making more money than they were at their previous jobs. So whatever it is, it's just making some type of level of importance, whether it's making money, helping out family, volunteering, it's just feeling like you got to get up and do something in the morning. And a good way to kind of sum that up is purpose, you know, purpose, there you go. Purpose, you know, um, when, when people feel like they have a purpose, you know, for those, for both themselves and those around them, they tend to do a lot better. Yeah. No, I'm with you there. And, you know, the, we used to, you know, 
who used to retire at let's say 65 and you, you know you're probably were passing away at 67 right so sitting on the porch for a year or two and doing nothing felt great because we were tired we were worn out uh, you know the concept of retirement is a little less than 100 years old so a lot of stuff has actually changed quite a bit so a post retirement something or another post retirement purpose instead of career I like that thanks Nick we'll use that and going forward uh, is a great way to think about that on this countdown days to retirement list uh, let's go to number four Nick so why don't you throw us some um, some things to think about in the opportunity to save more? Again, I mentioned 50, right? So at 50 plus, some stuff starts to change. And uh, we, there's actually some good time to catch up a little bit or just sock a bit more away if you need to. Yeah. You know, oftentimes, you know, whether it's in their 50s or, or early 60s, people have, you know, maybe they have children coming off the payroll and and they don't necessarily plan to figure out how are they going to be able to recapture some of those dollars that they're used to spending on the kids and you know kind of help them really build up their retirement and maybe catch up from all those years of taking care of the kids um that can be something that's a big deal you know one thing that's come up multiple times in the last i'd say 3 to 4 weeks um with what's been going on in the market is you know we have clients uh, emailing or calling us asking hey you know, the market's down, should we stop saving? And, you know, the the way that we try to kind of explain to people is that markets are cyclical. We have had, you know, this period of time, 10, 12 years where the markets have generally gone up and people's uh, conception of what, uh, or I should say perception of what, you know, typically happens in normal cycles, one to three to four year cycles is a little bit thrown off. But, you know, an easy way to think about this is that this is why we have a plan in place. You want to continue to save. And if anything, you know, the thought process is that we're, you're buying at a discount, you know, from what things were previously. So um, in a lot of ways, you know, the market's on sale. And so continuing to average in and chipping away and taking advantage of the benefits of being able to save money, you know, pre-tax or those sorts of things is uh, is an important thing. Yeah, it can make a huge dent, right? We're hopefully making the most money we've ever made and all that good kind of stuff. So uh, 50 plus, there should be some good opportunities to sock a bit more away. And that might help John with number five, which is reducing down the debt. So even if you're not necessarily putting more away for into a retirement account because you've done a good job or whatever, maybe the focus is take some of that extra money with the kids being off the payroll and get rid of some of that, especially bad debt. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, with, with rates being as low as they have been, we have seen a lot of people going to retirement with mortgages, you know, but you're at 2.6%. You know, that's nothing crazy, but, um, you know, let's take mortgage out of it. Other debt, um, definitely recommend trying to get that down and off completely, get it off your books because, you know, when you go to retire, it's, it's a big, you know, cash flow, you know, where's your income coming from? Social Security, pension, investments. The last thing you want at that point where there's no longer a paycheck coming in is um, debt where, you know, what that's doing at that point, it's really uh, eating into kind of things you want to do, which we talked about for hobbies or enjoyment. And then on top of it, it actually adds some stress level to, you know, hey, I I need more income coming in to pay off all these bills and all this debt. So uh, definitely before you you know, hit retirement, you know, it's, it's good to be debt free. And it's easier to do pay off the debt in your working years than when you're not working. 
Yeah, and on the concept of the house, right? There's always a, the arguments back and forth there, the different things. So certainly, can that can also still be on the get debt free list if you'd like. I don't think it's a bad idea to necessarily get rid of it, but just make sure that you're doing that smartly and not being you know house rich, cash poor, as the saying goes, yeah. or whatever the yeah. case is. So just kind of bear that in mind. Um, but yeah, eliminating if you you know bought an RV or that's you know the big plans were the RV in retirement, maybe getting that paid down if you bought it a little early or whatever, or boat or. I don't know, muscle car, whatever it might be, right? Just get rid of the stuff that that you've got some debt on. Um, and then, Nick, the, the final one here, number six on the list on just counting down stuff is is the risk conversation. So if we're, if we're reducing our debt, maybe we ought, we ought to also think about reducing our risk. Now, last year, people would have said, I'm not reducing my risk. The market's on fire. <laughs> but right now, they're like, okay, well, let's maybe reduce the risk. Point being, at 58, are, you know, should we be investing like we're 38? Yeah, so... Risk is an interesting uh, word, and we wanted <laughs> to take a little bit of time to to kind of chat about this because there are different types of risk, you know, and depending upon who you talk to, how they rank the different types of risk via priority is different. So, for example, you know, inflationary risk, which is something that we're dealing with right now, that that's a risk. So, in other words, losing the the spending power of our money via inflation is something that we need to keep and take into consideration. However, we're in this kind of perfect storm where, you know, taking too much risk, if you're shifting money out of cash per se and moving substantial amounts of money into the market, you're dealing with a significant amount of uh, market risk. And then we have interest rate risk from the perspective of as they've increased interest rates, that's really pushed down the prices of bonds and bond funds. And you know, one conversation that we've been having with people is them not, you know, necessarily realizing that, you know, the the bond market, and you know, even if you look at the most general uh, bond index, is down almost ten percent year to date. And so we've taken a lot. We've been trying to take a lot of time in one on one meetings with people to try to explain how this has an impact. And and really, you know, it's. This is a with what we're dealing with right now is probably the best case in the last 15 years or so to show people why it's important to be diversified and and understand that, you know, trying to fully time the market, whether it's from the stock side to the bond side to the cash side, real estate, et cetera, it can be really tricky. And when things are going great, it's hard to remember that. But right now it's showing us that it's really important to um, make sure that when we think about our risk that we're taking into consideration poor times, not just great times. And an understanding that, you know, just because, you know, maybe throughout the majority of your investing career, taking less risk has meant, hey, let's reduce our stock exposure and increase our bond exposure. It doesn't mean that that's always going to stay flat or go up. You know, there's risks along with that too. So, um, you know, diversification, understanding that sometimes we do run across periods of time where we just kind of have to take our medicine where, you know, all markets have been up for the most part over the last 12 years. There's going to be times where we run into corrections, which is kind of what we're dealing with now. And we have to be patient and try not to make, you know, go overboard with overreacting to the short period of time. You know, sometimes looking at the lens through the last even one year, two year, three year period of time and realizing that, you know, in the scheme of things, um, we need to just kind of stay steady. But yeah, in general, I would say that making sure that you kind of do an update on, you know, what you feel comfortable with from a risk parameter 
it now is a good time to, to reevaluate that because what we have seen is that people have been comfortable with a certain amount of risk over the last 10 years because things have just been going up. And so now that things aren't just going up, um, what they thought of risk and how they uh, feel comfortable managing it is substantially different than it, than it has been. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Our risk tolerance level has been like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with the risk. I'm fine. Whoa, wait a minute. I'm not so fine now. Right. <laughs> yeah. The risk, the risk over the last 10 years has been, okay, I'm okay getting 8% instead of 15%. Right. Not, oh, I'm okay being down negative 11 versus negative 20. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everything's been, you know, more on the positive side of things. And, and even with COVID, you know, we had uh, the fastest, you know, bear market in history where boomerangs right back up. And so even though that only happened a couple of years ago, people have already forgotten about that. Oh, yeah. So yeah, um, yeah and, and I can't emphasize enough the, um, the importance that this sheds on having a plan and thinking longer term. Well, there you go. So that's some countdown items to think about for the days towards retirement. Uh, six list, uh, list of six things there, excuse me, that you can uh, think about and address towards your retirement strategy. And those are the things that you'll go through when you have a plan put in place when you're working with a team like the team at PFG Private Wealth. So if you're not, then reach out to them and have a conversation, set up some time to get that started. PFGPrivateWealth.com. That's PFGPrivateWealth.com. That's uh, got all the tools, tips, and resources there. You can schedule some time. You can reach out to John and Nick and the team and get started that way. Of course, you can also find the podcast, subscribe to us on whatever platform you like to use there so you can catch future episodes as well as check out past episodes. Again, pfgprivatewealth.com. That's going to do it this week for the podcast. For John and Nick, I'm your host, Mark. We'll see you next time on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick, PFG Private Wealth. 